When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. With me, as always, is my brother Travis. And today we are diving into Built to Spill's Keep It Like a Secret, came out in 1999. Thank you. That's, that's all you know about this record, right? Yeah, I know. Well, I didn't know it came out in 99 until I just read that right now, dude. <laughs> um, I know the co- the album cover because it's really cool. Very recognizable. So that was uh, Center of the Universe that played us in. That was the one single that came off this record. And so right out the gate, dude, from this little intro clip, that's to me, I feel like this is the, uh, like the Modest Mouse and the uh, I was even getting some Weezer vibes. Okay. I mean, maybe maybe because of the catchiness and the poppiness of that particular track. Yeah. And I only know the one song, but more on like the Pixies and the Modest Mouse side of rock in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, you know, they would be considered an indie rock band for sure. Like if you were to put that label on a sound, to me, this is the sound, you know, because now the term indie is used on everything nowadays, right? But like, I feel like indie rock, this was that, the sound, you know what I mean? The, the kind of softer vocals, but still kind of punchier guitar riffs and stuff like that. Like the Flaming Lips. Yeah, Flaming like Lips. Like early 90s Flaming Lips. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so we're, here's where these guys kind of fall in the landscape. They were formed in the early 90s in Boise, Idaho. Uh and apparently Q, this is a, has become a definitive sound associated with the Pacific Northwest, which is where you're from. Are they from Seattle? Well, I'm from Texas, brother, okay? I'll right. always well, be a Texan. That's true. But I've lived here for, you know, almost a decade now, coming up on a decade. That's insane. Isn't it, dude? Well, is that true? We moved up here in 2014, so I'm jumping the gun a few years here, but we're, you know, getting up there. Uh, so d- are they from Seattle? No, but uh, Doug March is, uh, and he's the uh, lead singer, primary uh, songwriter. He, well, I should say, he um, he's not from Seattle, but he he formed a band. He he was in a band originally that was based out of Seattle. It was called Tree People, and he was in that group before Built to Spill. That sounds familiar. Tree People. Yeah, not sure why, but it just does. Well, maybe you've heard of it. So how did you how did you get into them? Yeah, so this is actually an interesting story. So you know, a lot of times, Q, with the the music that you and I were listening to when we were in high school and stuff, we typically sort of listened to the same stuff, right? Because we'd be in the car together, because we shared a car, yeah. so we would listen to the same kind of music. We went to concerts together, blah blah blah. This band and this record in particular. I was introduced to by a professor of mine, a 
uh, 3D design professor. It was called 3D design was the class. Wait a second. It was in like a woodworking. School? No, no, no. College. We're, we're talking I gonna college say like, now. I was going to say, who calls high school teachers professors? When did you Not go me. to college, dude? thought you skipped that whole thing. I mean, I took some community college courses. Oh, okay. I didn't know you. Okay. I I did another round of it. Uh, I was working toward pretending like I was going to do a graphic design uh, coursework, and then I just went into web design after that. But anyway. So was he one of those professors that played proper proper tunage during (laughs) during class? I mean, it was was essentially like a, a wood. It was called 3D design. So like. Not like 3D as in like computer graphics, but like... Not CAD. Three-dimensional art. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So he would have music on like while we were just working and stuff like that. And he had this record on. And we would talk about music quite a bit, me and him. And he was just like telling me about this record and how like it was this... Like in 99, he was in college. So he was somewhat of a younger guy. But he was just saying how this is the... Just how amazing this record was, how he like had it tied to his college days and stuff like that and he just really connected with it and i thought it was a great record so i have him to thank for my introduction to built a spill or i might have been in the same boat as you q and never have came across these guys is this their first record or no so this is their um this is their third record or no i'm sorry this is their fourth record they have this kind of interesting um path that they went on from their second record to this one so like there was their their second record came out in 94. It was called There's Nothing Wrong With Love. And then there was another one after that called Perfect From Now On. And then you have Keep It Like a Secret. So I've read several retrospective type review articles written on it. A lot of these guys, and I confess I haven't really listened to their earlier stuff. But a lot of what people are saying is that when you listen to There's Nothing Wrong With Love, it was like these sort of quick, witty, poppy sort of indie indie rock songs, right? So like... The tracks were like, you know, sometimes less than two minutes long. They were just really quick and poppy, right? And then they came out with their next record after that, and it went in like the other direction almost, where it was like more almost progressive, little mini progressive rock songs, sometimes, you know, just at like almost the nine minute mark on a couple of the tracks. Like they they were more, you know, experimental with their sound. They were more, they, they wrote more, complicated and intricate like guitar riffs and stuff like that guitar things that's kind of what what they're known for actually is some of their like complicated song structures and stuff like that which is kind of cool for you know not every indie band has that kind of side in them but that's something that they're actually known for so as one person put it i'm going to quote it because it was it's just perfect the way that they described these two records this guy wrote a sort of a 20-year retrospective on the record his name is Chris DeVille. I feel like we've quoted him before. I bet you we have. Oh, I'm sure we have, man. Um, Chris DeVille, he wrote, One sounded like a measly kid staring up at the sky, dwarfed by the unknowable vastness of the universe. The other sounded like God, defined by Marsh as whoever you're performing for, staring down upon the same universe as it surged outward into infinity. Um, oh, my. Pretty lofty there, right? <laughs> but it's showing you that like one was more like the kid on the ground, like sort of staring up and like in wonder and stuff at the at the sky, and the other one is like God staring back down, <laughs> like giving which him is, an answer, which is crazy, right? So the point that these guys were trying to make is that like album two and album three were very different, and it kind of showed both sides of Build to Spill, and then Keep It Like a Secret sort of combined the two. Yeah. So so this is. Um... This is Girls Can Tell and Kill the Moonlight mixed together to bring us Gimme Fiction. I can see that. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> Good call. I like, yeah, dude. Definitely. All right. Let's hear some tunes, dude. Let's jump right into it. That's, yeah. Let's just get right into it. There's more to, to say, obviously, but sometimes you just got to let the tunes speak for themselves. So I'm actually going to start with probably one of my favorite tracks on the record. This is a, I'm going to split it into two parts because. This is actually one of the longer songs on the record. Um, and there are very two very definitive, like distinct parts to it. Um, and I just love everything about this track. The lyrics are great. It's a beautiful song. So here we go. This is uh, Built to Spill. And this song is called Carry the Zero. 
has this been all my life, dude? Oh, it's been <laughs> it's been here this whole time. I just never listened to it. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, dude, just wait, man. Just wait. I love the I love the guitar. The guitar work is yeah, really so that's great. One, it was one verse, and then they 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 jump into this this great guitar solo that um, you don't typically get guitar solos like that in an indie rock song, right? I mean, yeah, dude. There's I, I feel like the '90s was was about the last decade of uh, you know just thoughtful guitar riffs. Man, oof, never mind, yeah. dude. No, here, that. dude. That, that's you know what, dude. Don't be ashamed of that sentence, Q. There's still great rock, of course. Still great guitar-heavy rock out there. Yes, now. but but what but what I think the point the point you're probably trying to make you is that that was the last decade of maybe guitar solos that made it onto the the mainstream radio airwaves. Yeah, I always go back to Weezer. I always think of Weezer because they yeah. had great guitar solos in in their they songs. Did. That's true. That they definitely did. Weezer would fall under this camp probably too a little bit, like the this this sound right. When it comes to the rock landscape in the '90s, I just think Built to Spill was very unique and sort of had their own. They carved out their own space, as you will see from the rest of this music. I think his his vocals were great. His vocals are very unique, right? Yeah, I like the guitar tone as well. Let's pick this up again because, like I said, um, you gotta you gotta listen to the second part of the song to really appreciate it. Um, and that was only one verse. We're just gonna let it play from where we left off here. So, again, this is Carry the Zero. Tasty jam, dude. I wish I was rocking these tunes for, you know, the last 20 years. 20, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, man. That's um, great. I love it. Yeah. yeah so this is a, this, this song is a really great showcase of, of what they do really well. Um, Cause you know, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on in that song, right? Yeah. It starts very kind of more mellow. Um, 
his vocals go from soft to you know a little bit louder um and then the guitar work throughout right there's a, there's a there's a literal guitar solo like after the first verse and then there's you know second verse third verse and then there's that third part the end of the song which kind of goes into this jam kind of session almost like yeah that, that felt very like early modest mouse and i don't know if there's any yeah. point in, in continuing to just compare bands here but you know yeah I, i'm picking up on on that that's that side of indie 90s rock which i've always loved dude i'm, I'm just shocked that i never listened to this stuff well they didn't get all that much attention really um you know what i mean versus modest mouse had had Float On, which is a giant mega hit. Well, that was early 2000s. I know, but that's how they got on my radar, at least. I don't yeah. know about you. Um, Built a Spill never really had a, a, a song that made it to MTV in the way that Franz Ferdinand and... Well, of course, right. like Roger Rock, but you know, I'm around the same Yeah, yeah. around the same um, time. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the lyrics... I always thought the name was so clever, right? Carry the Zero. Something... Yeah. Apparently that's, uh, I'm no math person, okay? But apparently that's impossible. You can't carry a zero. No, there's there is no zero to carry. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, <laughs> um, I'm gonna read from another uh, built to spill retrospective article that I read because you know sometimes other people are better at putting things to words than make you. Most times, brother. Yeah. Uh, so this guy says, uh, "This is a song about not liking yourself." finding your faults and ultimately being too concerned about what everyone else is thinking about you and vice versa and feeling silly about that. Uh, so yeah, if you look at the lyrics, you know, it's like you're so occupied with what other persons are occupied with and vice versa. So it's just about people that are just too concerned about what other people think of them. Right. Which is brings me to an interesting point. So I was reading about, uh, I think it was, um, Spin did a feature on them and was sort of going through the revelations of of the singer, how it was impressive that by the time he had reached 29, he was on three records with Tree People, the first band he was with, three other records with this other band called Halo Benders, and then three other records for Built to Spill. By the time Keep It Like a Secret came out, and he was only 29. So this guy was very prolific before he even came to this record, which arguably a lot of people say Keep It Like a Secret is kind of like the definitive Built to Spill record, right? And by that time, they had, they had signed to Warner Brothers for this record, which was the same record label that Nirvana was on at the time, or they had been on, I should say. So anyway, you know, it would seem on the outside that they were successful, right? But there's uh, these stories about how like on the road and stuff, he would dress uh, so like low budget and the way he groomed himself and stuff that um like a best western that they were staying at um the staff thought that he was like a homeless loiterer or something like that oh man and like when asked about like why um even after signing to a major label did the bandmates live so simply and all that kind of stuff here it is again dude just like the toadies he goes well we know it's not going to last we know we're not going to make it big Man, that's a so problem. isn't that fun? That's that's an issue with with so many really talented people. Every other person on the planet tells you that you're doing great, but in your mind, you're doing terrible. All right, we're gonna jump down to track number seven. Well, hey, dude, before we do that, let's take a quick break. All right, we're gonna jump down to track seven here. This song is called Else.
definitely hear the influence that they've had on many bands since this record came out what i've always liked about this record this band they, they do it in their later work too those little moments like with the guitar where it's like that little uh, kind of he's just kind of bending the string i don't know why that's so effective yeah and and i liked his in in the second verse i guess yeah the second yeah. verse he just he kind of harmonizes with himself mm-hmm so as uh, I'm going to quote this guy again, um, this is a website. I've actually, I don't think I've ever been on this site before. Albumism. Mm. I, dude, l- listen to me go. I said, I was going to, I'm going to quote this guy. It's Samantha Lopez. So my fault. <laughs> um, I'm going to quote Samantha Lopez here again uh, with this. She says here, uh, keep it like a secret is the pinnacle of all things built to spill and indie rock in its truest form. Nice. It's a culmination of righteous guitar riffs, subversive melodies, and heavy-hearted emotive lyricism. So yeah, that is, this is indie rock in a nutshell, this album. But I think it's, like she said, it's in its truest form. Like this is yeah. the, the best of indie rock, right? Like everything that you like about all the great indie bands you get with this record, right? Yeah. And honestly, man, I hope that, that we can start up a convo with some of our listeners here. Yeah. I, I just, I'm curious to know about what indie rock is to other people. When did you first hear the word indie rock or indie, not even rock necessarily, but when did you first hear the word indie attached to a band and you, and what did they sound like? According to Wikipedia, the term indie was coined in 77 by the BBC when referring to the Buzzcocks Spiral Scratch EP. That's a punk band. But they were using it specifically just to to, to shorten the term independent. So I don't think it was, it, it's not like it was being used to define the sound of the band. Shortened for independent. That right? was just, I guess, yeah. the first time that independent was shortened to the word indie. All right, here we got one more track. Um, and this is another one of my favorites from the record. Um, obviously, this whole record is great from start to finish, of course. But um, there are a few that have always stood out to me. Carry the Zero and um, Else have always stood out to me. But this song as well, probably one of my favorite jams on this record, dude. It's called Temporarily Blind. And we're probably going to have to break it up into two clips again. That's just sort of the nature of how they structure their songs you know it's not as straightforward as uh you know a two-minute clip you gotta you gotta break it up so here we go this is temporarily blind by built to spill
Got to cut it there because that's when it, oh, it starts to shift. But I love that guitar riff the repeti- right there. The repetition. Yeah. That I they drew they drew that out beautifully, man. I love when that happens in a song, dude. Are you talking about the ver that the repetition of the words or the guitar? The guitar. But it's funny because like prior to that, they were repeating that line over and over again. Mm-hmm. Isn't it everyone? Isn't it everyone? And then it went into that guitar riff repeating yeah. itself probably the same amount of times, I bet. Yeah. Um, the same amount of measures. Is that the right word? Uh, sure, man. I don't know. Again, like it's the what makes them unique. What makes, I, I should say, what makes, um, what makes Doug a unique, both vocalist and guitar player. His lyrics are great. They've always been really compelling and like, thought-provoking at least in my opinion and then what he does with with his guitar so he's like the one to punch right because he's he's doing the vocals and he's doing the guitar but it, you know not that that's unique uh, in the world of, of rock by any means but i'm saying like because he does and writes the music he sort of like works i feel like he works with himself in that way like the vocals and the guitar the guitar is another much. another one of his, his vocal yeah. chords. Yeah, I think that's that the way he he's crafts his guitar riffs are definitely melodic in that way, right? Yeah. All right, let's pick it up right where we left off because it's about to to change up in a in a dope ass way. So it's about to get cray. It's about to it's about to go go to eleven. <laughs> All right, here is uh, we're gonna pick it up right where we left off. This is again temporarily blind. tunes man good tunes so many different parts to it uh it, it keeps you on your toes you know what i mean like when yeah. you listen to a built to spill song you never know where they're going to take you with the song which is which is awesome you know yeah there's three distinct kind of parts there's hooks there's like three or four different like hooks that that a band could turn an entire song like build an entire song around like he yeah. does it like four or five times in this yeah track, totally it feels like he's just like kind of a hook and riff machine uh kind of like we i think we've said that about Brett daniels before uh, oh tyler, yeah i think you're probably listening again except, except there's no s brother don't you get tyler daniel, on your ass all right whatever 
Britt Daniel. Um, but yeah, again, like it perfectly encapsulates the sound of Andy Rock. Like Andy Rock perfected. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And again, I, like, uh, I love the lyrics. Uh, lyrics are great. Very, you know, kind of introspective, knowing that he was a little, had a little bit of self-doubt in him. Like, oh, we're never going to be successful. Like, it's not going to last. Right. When he was saying that about their music. Yeah. These are the types of lyrics that somebody like that might write. I mean, he's also very, um, carry the zero was about people who, who worry too much about what other people think. Right. Uh, you know, when you hear the stories about how he used to present himself, I guess. Right. He didn't want to draw attention to himself. Well, maybe that, or he just doesn't give a shit about what people think. But yeah, that, that's three three tracks out of ten on this record. So there's a song on here. I thought about playing it, but you know, let's just play it real quick. Hey, squeeze it in, dude. Yeah, we got time. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm gonna play one more track then, and I think this is this showcases another side of them. But the lyrics are are really clever and fun for people who are familiar with very well-known rock songs and, and ballads and stuff like that. So this song is called You Were Right. And try to listen to the lyrics. I'll break it down for you when we come back from this clip here. But this is a very, very clever song. It's called You Were Right. awesome dude let me let me throw out who i who i caught okay uh jimmy hendrix pink floyd i don't know who yep. i don't know who sings all all we are is dust in the wind who was that so so basically the song is essentially like this uh he's basically calling out famous rock songs right and saying Hey, you were wrong about this, but you were right about this. Yeah. So he's saying you were wrong when you said everything is going to be all right. That's a reference to, um, you know, probably a lot. There's a lot of songs that that probably say everything's yeah. going to be all right. But I guess some people are saying that that's a, a reference to um, Bob Marley. Uh, Bob Marley's song. Um, Every little things. Gonna yeah, gonna be, be all right. No, no woman, no cry. Yeah. Uh, and then. The verse goes, you were right when you said all that glitters isn't gold. That's a Neil Young reference. Don't be denied. There's a song. Uh, you were right when you said all we are is dust in the wind. That's a Kansas song, apparently, called uh, dust, dust in the Kansas. Wind. Obviously, the one that jumps out to everybody, probably. Uh, you were right when you said we're all just bricks in the wall. Clearly, that's Pink Floyd. Yeah, Manic Depressions, and then, Jimmy. And when you said Manic Depressions, a frustrated mess, Jimmy. Yeah. So basically, like, 
all these de- songs about like depression and stuff and like shit going wrong. Like, yeah, you're right about that. The world, the world is like all of those things that you were right about rock, uh, rock before me, you know, all the rock stars that came before me, yeah. but you, Bob Marley, like you were just wrong, man. Nothing's going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then uh, there's another, he's verse the only too, one um, that's wrong. Wow. App- apparently. Yeah. Everyone else is right. Yep. Um, I'll do the other references too. Cause there's a second verse. Uh, you were right when you said you can't always get what you want. Oh, let me let me see if I can get them, dude. Before you okay. reveal, it. let me think. You can't. Oh, oh, that's Rolling Stones. Yeah, Rolling Stones. Yep. Okay. You were right when you said it's a hard rain's gonna fall. I don't know, dude. Janis Joplin. Just guessing. Bob Dylan. Q. Oh, a hard rain's gonna fall is the name of the song. Oh dear. I didn't know that either. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. You're not a uh, Dylan fan. No, no, I haven't. Guess really I'm not either. <laughs> yeah. You were right when you said we're still running against the wind. I don't know this one. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Bob Seeger, Against the Wind. Yeah, I never got into him. Life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. That's a reference to a John Mellencamp song, Jack and Diane, I guess. Hmm. Little Diddy? No. Yeah, but Little Diddy about Jack and Diane. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. the first verse. You were right when you said this is the end. The end by the doors. Anyway, really <laughs> clever song. I love. Yeah, cool. I love the way. Yeah, brilliant. Right. It's just literally just a song referencing other songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Which is very. I, meta. I guess Bob That's Marley a... is the only one. Yeah, it is very meta. It's a rock song about rock songs. Yeah, but like the funny thing is like that is what rock is, borrowing from the past. Yeah. True, but yeah, it is funny that Bob Marley is the only one that's wrong, according to him. So according to Doug. Everything is not going to be all right. No. According to Doug. According to Doug, we're just dust in the wind, bricks in the wall. Can't always get what you want. Well, my glass is usually half full. You know what so I mean? So you're a, you're a Bob Marley kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, that's the best way to live, Q. Totally. Well, that was great, dude. You brought some you brought some proper tunage. And there's great, great tracks that I skipped over, Q. So go back and listen to this record if you haven't already. If I could recommend another one, and the only reason I'm recommending it is because it's really the only one I've ever kind of given a proper listen to. Actually, there's two other ones I'd recommend. Untethered Moon came out in 2015, and There Is No Enemy came out in 2009. Two other records. They've got quite the uh, discography. All right, Q, that was Built to Spill. Keep it like a secret. I'm happy that I got to introduce you to those tracks for the first time. Finally, man. I know you've been waiting for years now to do it. This is one of those records that when we first talked about doing this podcast, it was on the list of like albums that I want to cover. And here we are like, you know, hundred some odd plus episodes later. Well, who are we going to cover next dude? Do we know? We got to squeeze a what you heard in, in here pretty soon. Uh, the next time we convene for a non what you heard episode, because I think we're going to have a rewind next week. I got some family in town. I got some family in town. So. Yeah. Q's got in-laws in town. In-laws in, uh, Niece, nieces and laws. Wait, niece and law. Gonna niece and law. Coming in town. Yeah. And niece in law. Third, first removed, third removed, or something. I don't know. Something. I don't know how you do that shit. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll pick one from the uh, from the archives. Maybe one that um, you know, an older episode that maybe if you're a newer listener, you may not have seen so unless you, you scroll back. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't go back far enough. And then we'll do a what you heard after that, and then we're gonna do a band called French Kicks. And if you haven't heard of them, they're a pretty obscure garage indie band. There was a record that came out that I obsessed over when I first stumbled upon it. I did not stumble upon it when it first came out. That was one of those records that I think I just happened upon it from Spotify, right? Just bouncing around on Spotify. And this record called Swimming is great. So we'll talk about that in like three weeks. It's going to be new to me, dude. It's another album that you're bringing to me. That I haven't heard yet, so good stuff. I've been carrying all the weight around here. Hey, man. You know? How's it feel? Great. Feels great. (laughs) All right, so we'll do that uh, in a few weeks. Um, Next week, not sure what we're going to throw at you, but it'll probably be something somehow in some way related or similar to Build the Spill. So We got to figure that uh, out, too. Maybe R.E.M. I was thinking R.E.M. would be fun. I think they're a good segue from kind of like the cranberries. From the cranberries, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, which has nothing to do with Build to Spill, but you know, whatever. It's it's whatever. All right. Well, that's it, man. 
that's all I got for you. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at No Filler Podcast. Tell us, tell us which uh, Built to Spill album I should listen to because I told you the three that I'm familiar with, and there's quite a bit out there. If you're a fan of Built to Spill, tell me what I need to listen to because I'm a big fan of them. And let us know, let us know what indie rock is to you. Let us know what indie rock band you'd like to hear us talk about because. You know, we could stay in this pocket forever. Like I said, we're gonna jump back to it when we when we do French kicks. Um, yes, yeah, so we'll be looking for more indie rock. Yeah, indie I mean, we've covered quite a bit on this podcast. We've done the Strokes, we've done Interpol, we've done. Now that's more garage rock, like we. It is, but yeah, but, you know, if you wanted to throw them all under the umbrella, Phantom Planet, throw them in there too. Yeah, we did Phantom Planet. I could go on. We did basically all the Spoon records up to um, Gimme Fiction, Mid Lake. Like we've done a ton of indie bands, but we barely scratched the surface on on bands that we know and love. So yeah, we're gonna return back to to our wheelhouse here for a little bit. Um, so give us ideas. What, what do you want to hear us talk about? All right, Q. Um, well, you can also find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. That's pantheonpodcasts.com. We'd also like to thank AKG for sponsoring the network. He's talking to us right now through a AKG microphone. It's the Lyra, and it's a real beauty. Yeah, it's it's fucking. That's why I'm coming in so buttery smooth, and I'm rocking these uh, classy headphones too, man. And yeah, you're not just using an AKG microphone; you're using an AKG pair of headphones as well. And I'm not lying when I say they are the comfiest goddamn headphones I've ever worn in my life, dude. Yeah. I can I can rock these on a three hour flight with not any achings of the lobes. That's impressive. No dude. no aches from the lobes. You heard it here first. If you don't want your your lobes to ache, get yourself a pair of AKG headphones. If you want the exact bundle that Quentin is rocking, it's the Podcaster Essentials Kit. It's everything you need. Everything you need. Headphones. Microphone, uh, some software. It's Ableton Live Lite. <laughs> Ableton Live Lite. It's what I use. It's what I use to edit the podcast together. There you go. If you're thinking about getting into this business, this this crazy world of podcasting, get yourself the Podcaster Essentials Kit by AKG. Uh, it it has our stamp of approval on it's it. It's worth every penny. Do yeah, it. It's, it's a good deal. A really good yeah, deal. It's good stuff. All right. Um, that's that. And to close us out here, I'm actually going to play a track from Doug's first band, Tree People, which I mentioned. Um, I'm going to advise you not to look at the album art if you're out there because it's goofy looking. <laughs> I, I, I want to look. You tell at me it. what this looks like, Q. <laughs> but okay, uh, yeah, the album art for this record is a little bit weird. But um, this is the debut record from Tree People. Um, and uh, it's called Something Vicious for Tomorrow. Can you zoom in on that? <laughs> uh, I I like the color and the uh, I like the the font and the... it looks like one of those uh, like some you know you were zooming in on one of those old paintings of like de- depictions of hell and you know yeah yeah where it looks like, like someone's all sorts of shits going down. What is going on in that? I told you, dude. I told you not to look at the album art, but. There it is. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. Look at the record art, uh, the album art at your own, at your own risk. But um, we're going to listen to a song from this record. It's the first song off the record. Um, this is Doug's first band. All right. This is a song called Liquid Boy. It's going to close us out. And uh, until next time, my name is Travis. And I'm Quentin. Uh, y'all take care.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 